good afternoon. Baruch Atah Adonai, Lohen Melech HaOlam, Shakon Yom Dvaro. When Rabbi Piazzi's permission and other Rabbanim, always good to be back here. I just came from Levaro now. They didn't let me go. So I have to go. I have to be at 1.30. You know how it is, the pictures and this, running to the trunk, getting books. Baruch Hashem. It's great to see American boys come to Yerushalayim to work on their neshama. What's not great is to see that a portion of those boys, they're not taking it serious enough. That's very similar to a group of people that are very thirsty in the desert. They're looking for a source of water and they finally found a well or some kind of a lake. And they arrive all the way to the water. Some are jumping into the water, drinking. They feel so great. And some took two, three drops. So drink. No, no, I'm okay. Then they move on. And an hour or two later, they are dying from thirst. You were by the water. Why didn't you grab as much as you could? That's the guys that come to Yerushalayim or to Eretz Israel in general. Learn here and there, but not really committing to make a serious change in their life. Later, in a few years from now, they will regret it tremendously. I can tell you from experience, speaking to these boys. Some boys who came to those yeshivot, Mikdash, Levaron, Ovir, it was a great push to them for the rest of their life. You can see, it makes a whole difference in their life, in the quality of their wife, quality of their children and everything. And some went back to walk on the street even without keeper. And you eat your heart. You see, this guy was a year there. What happened with that? He did not take advantage on the situation when he got the push to continue into the right direction. You have to know, when, you, when the moment you decided to come to Yerushalayim and sit and learn Torah in Yeshiva, the Satan went crazy. He's very happy if you walk in the streets of Brooklyn, King's Highway, doing nothing with your life, going to the pool, going here, going shopping, you know, burning your life. If you go to university, he makes a party with all the infidels, all the heresy, all the wicked people around you. Wow, fantastic. You're going to sit there for four years, destroy your neshama. The university will destroy your neshama even better than the Satan will do. That's how bad it is over there, with all the lefties and all the liberals and all the haters of Hashem and the people who constantly speak fira over there and the women that behave horrible and don't dress and these professors that are all wicked and, that, and basically Sodom and Gomorrah, four or five years, maybe you have a nice job, you make sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year, courtesy of your degree. Very bad investment. I know what you're thinking. So what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to live off my parents for the rest of my life. I'm going to be 30 years old, dead. Can you help me pay the rent? Can you help me pay the mortgage? What am I going to do? This is the way the Satan designed his trap to make all of you fall into that trap. Nobody in history made money thanks to college. It's all an illusion. Nobody in the world ever made money thanks to hard work. Nobody ever made money because he's a sharp 
businessman, because he's clever, because he understands the market, because he's an expert in stocks. This is all illusion. I will explain. We have to educate ourselves to think like Hashem. You want to be a kosher Jew? You have to sit for a few years, learn the right Ashkafa. You have to read all the books of Rav Avigdor Miller Zatzal. And after you finish all of them, you will be thinking exactly like Hashem think. You will know what's right, what's, right, what's wrong, what's illusion, what's real, what's uh, things that Hashem hates, things that He likes. It will be very clear to you. You will invest maybe 100, 200 hours of your life, but it will fix your computer. Right now your computer is full of viruses. Why? Because you grew up, some religious, some modern, some not religious at all. That's already a serious virus. Second, you learn, you live in a state, New York, that it's almost everyone wicked. Stone Vamorasham. Look who they vote for. Sleepy Joe, Hillary, all these people. What do you expect from this kind of goyim? All the Jews there over there are lefty liberal, loving Hamas, loving gay parades, loving abomination, hating Hashem, hating synagogue, hating yeshivot. This is where you grew up. It's Don Vamora, it's no joke. So you have so much garbage went into your box, either from the house or from the streets or from the public school you went to or from the modern yeshiva you went to. So much garbage went in. And now, it's similar to a car. It could be a brand new car, but it's not functioning. I had once, I bought a car. It was one year old. Under Odyssey. Minivan. Supposed to be a good car, Japanese. I see when I drive 30 miles an hour, it's, it's vibrates. It's choke. How can it be? It's only a 15,000 miles. It's supposed to be a brand new car. After a few weeks, I got a letter by the mail. Recall. Honda is calling all the, all the Honda Odyssey. From this year to this year, if you feel vibration when you drive 30 miles per hour, please come to a free service into a Honda dealer. So when I went there, I didn't know what to expect. The guy told me, how long? He said, 20 minutes. What are you doing? That's transmission problem? I said, no. Connect the cable into the computer of the car. Reprogramming the computer. It wasn't a mechanical problem. Cars today work on computers. The cars have brain. And the brain functions according to how you program it. If you program it correctly, the engine will drive smooth, transmission, everything, perfect timings, no vibration, no car, no smoke, nothing. One or two things goes wrong, everything is malfunctioned. Boom, that vibration. Same thing in life. You have a computer. The neshama sits there in the brain. Whatever people pushed into it affect your choices in life. You choose this and you choose that. Most of the choices people make today are against Hashem's will. Sometimes they're aware of it, but they can't help the Yetzirah, desire. Sometimes they're not even aware of it. They're not aware of it. If you come to a, a Persian billionaire in Beverly Hills and you tell him, I need a million dollars to build a yeshiva for boys that need to elevate them spiritually. I'm going to put 300 boys there. I want to make them rooms. I want to make a nice place that they'll enjoy to come. Or you have a competition. Secular Israeli soldier with a earring full of tattoos also came to this billionaire in the same day in the office. He also wants a million dollars. 
to build a tennis club and a billiard, snooker, whatever you call it, for the Israeli soldiers. Ping pong, they can get wafers, coke cans. What's the billionaires going to do? Give the soldier, Mechalel Shabbat, give him a million dollars. Wow, Israeli army. Every, every dollar of the money will be counted as a sin for him. Not only he won't get a reward, he will be punished for that. Well, how much he will give the rabbi? $180 if he's lucky. Why is it? What made him make such a horrible mistake? If he would give the rabbi a million dollars, the yeshiva will generate for him 300 trillion mitzvot in the next 40 years. He gave the million dollars to this Israeli secular Mechalel Shabbat. All the soldiers are Mechalel Shabbat. Half of them are gays. The other half are goyim. What they eat non-kosher over there. They curse each other. They fight. They compete with their ego. Who's going to win? Everything sins. Now one mitzvah came out of it. And he has to pay now for all of it. This is an example of one choice he made. What made him make such a choice? The way he was raised with the brainwash of the secular environment, a soldier, thanks to him you are alive. That's the way they think. So he felt honor to support the army. Not that Chaz Shalom, we don't have gratitude to the soldiers. Don't get the wrong impression here. We have to appreciate everyone who does a favor for you. Jew, non-Jew, secular, everyone. You appreciate and respect everyone, especially if he did something to you. You have to have a karata tov. It's no contradiction. I have a karata tov to you, but I won't marry my daughter to you. Why? Because you're Mechalel Shabbat. Even if you saved my life. You understand? There's, there's rules. So the way your brain is, it's based on how you raised. Here you come to a good kosher holy yeshiva in the mo- most beautiful city in the world spiritually. And you clean from all the dirt of the streets and old friends and the pressure of society of Brooklyn or whatever. And you have all the time in the world to reprogram your computer. One kid came to me and said, my father does not allow me to come to your lectures anymore. What am I going to do? I said, why? He said, because he saw that I became religious. He's very scared. He said that you're brainwashing me. That's his word, his father. I say, go back to your father and tell him that he's 100% correct. I am brainwashing your brain from all the garbage that he put into there for 20 years. And it's not easy to clean the dirt. It's stuck there. And I need some more time to clean the head. Tell him. So he went back to his secular, proud father. And the father told him, that's what he told you? I like this guy. At least he's honest. You can go back. <laughs> Any other answer I would give him? You never let him come. Baruch Hashem, this boy moved from public, went to yeshiva, Baruch Hashem. But it's true what I told. The father was right. I am brainwashing his child from all the garbage he put into it. All what he saw in television and all the movies he watched and his uh, smartphone and the neighbors and the cousins and the uncles and all the curses he heard and all the heresy that he read in a book designed him to be a wicked person. It doesn't mean he's an evil person. He may have a very good heart. Maybe he has some good midot, certainly. But right now he's acting wicked. Wicked and evil is two different things. You can be a wonderful human being, meaning you love everyone, you're not hurting anyone, you're very decent, and at the same time you complete rasha. You shave with a razor, you mechalel Shabbat. You rasha according to the Torah. 
It doesn't mean you're an evil person, you're violent, you steal, you hit people, you curse people, you don't have patience for anyone. That's a bad person, personality-wise. But some people are very nice and polite and uh, have manners and uh, even like to help. I know so many secular like this and goyim like that. But according to the choices he makes in his life, he's in the eyes of Hashem, in the books of Hashem, he's in the book of the Reshaim. Three books are open on Rosh Hashanah. The books of the Tzadikim, the books of the Reshaim, and the books of the Benoniim, the Mediocres. In which book he belongs? In the Reshaim. Ah, but it's such a nice person. He never hurt, he never killed a bug. He respects the neighbor, he respects his family, the, you know, he's friendly and he's smiling and he's even donating sometimes. Doesn't matter, it's Chalel Shabbat. End of story, it's not open for negotiation. Chalel Shabbat has no shirt to the world to come. From eternity, it's not a joke. So, no matter how wonderful you are, there are certain things in the Torah that once you commit them, you basically put yourself out of the good book into the bad book. Of course, as long as you're alive, you can do tshuva. But you can never do tshuva without Torah. You can never fix one without, without Torah. You're going to go to psychologists for 80 years who talks about your anger. After 80 years, I'm going to get you angry and you're going to break the table on my head. After 80 years of sessions with a psychologist that charge you $600 an hour, you're still an angry wolf. You come, you learn two, three months in yeshiva, you learn musar, you listen to some good lectures about midot, it changed completely. I made Baalet Shuvah murderers, big drug dealers, big gangsters, people full of tattoos, scary, scars all over, head of the mafia in Israel. You cannot recognize them today. You cannot recognize how they used to be and what they became. In a billion years, no psychologist would change 1% of their personality. But the Torah kills the Yetzirah, kills the negative, cleans you from inside. There's no other way. But you have to be devoted for the Torah. Now, sometimes you are one leg in a Torah and one leg in your iPhone. Comes this and kill this. It's similar to a person that has a bucket. With one hand, he has a horse pouring water into it. With the other hand, he has a horse pouring cement into it or some mud. The water loses their significance. Comes this and kills this. You have to know. I know it's not easy. I know a person in this generation rather die than give up his smartphone. I see how kids react when you take their phone for five minutes. I see all of that. But if somebody does such thing, it's a huge sacrifice to Hashem. Better than to take a, a, a goat to Bet Amigdash and stand all there in a heat waiting online to sacrifice it. Because bring a goat, two or three hundred dollars, you come, you bring an end of story. This, you kill your Yetzirah from inside. The Satan does not give you a rest one day, one week, one month, till slowly, slowly, with Siat Lishma, you get rid of it from, for life. In our Yeshiva, you have a shelf. You have maybe 30 or 40 iPhones. Boom, people smash them with a hammer and they left everything over there. You come to the kitchen, that's what you see. $1,000, $800, $1,200. Boom, smashed to pieces. Why? Everybody who comes to make coffee looks, oh, they used to be mine. That's what destroyed my life. Baruch Hashem, I got rid of it. That takes away your personality. Brainwash you. 
makes you watch things that are not kosher, makes you read news that it's heresy, make you, without realizing, becoming more a goy than a Jew. I'll give you a few examples. When I say Ashkafa, this is what I mean. When you live among wicked people, you listen to the way they talk, and that's slowly, slowly affecting you. For instance, there's a lot of religious people who have non-religious friends, and they affiliate with them, and they hear all the nonsense they talk, and that's how they also talk. I say, ah, you 20 years bald shuva, and this is what you say? For instance, let's hear some of the things that a religious bald shuva may say to his son. Listen, what are you doing so long in this yeshiva in Yerushalayim? What's going to come out of you? What do I need this? I'm paying for you to be in Israel. You're costing me money. I want you to go to college. If you're not going to get a degree, who's going to marry you? How are you going to make a living? You want me to support you for the rest of your life? I'm sure you heard conversations like this before. Maybe not from your own father, but you heard that, right? Did I tell you anything new that you did not hear before? Every word of what I say, it's a crime against God. Every word here. Huge one. Big fira. First of all, the degree will never make you a penny. A Bukharian taxi driver that came from Uzbekistan does not speak two words in English, makes more money than a person who is a college graduate in New York. College graduates start with 40,000 a year. This Bukharian who came barely understands what the way says, or maybe he puts it in Russian, and he drives in the streets of Manhattan and makes more money on an Uber than this educated guy. So enough with this nonsense. I know a dentist, he kills himself. Ten hours a day, his back is broken all day, smelling garlics of all kinds of goyim who comes to him. And he makes 90,000 a year. After taxes, he's left with 60. He cannot afford anything. As a dentist, it takes eight years to become. Many hundreds of thousands of dollars he spends on school and this. And what does he make? This Bukharian guy laughs at him when he counts the cash. So don't fall into this nonsense. If you dream to be a great doctor, like cardiologists, I know all these doctors who make a million dollars a year. Hold on. First of all, courtesy of Hussein Obama, it's not worth it to become a doctor anymore. Why? Don't make money. The health insurance kills you. They don't pay you even a third of what the bill is. If you want to give a vaccine to a child, I have a friend, his wife is a doctor. She pays $78 for the shot. The health insurance sends her $79, knowing she cannot refuse giving the shot. I don't care. Don't accept me. Don't accept health insurance. They don't pay for anything. So if you're one of a kind doctor, like really successful, you can tell people, I'm not taking health insurance. Pay cash and go break your head with the health insurance. There are some doctors like this. But how many? 5% of the total amount? The rest are not like that. And even if you are like that, half of what you make goes to taxes anyway. Understand? And it's not easy to be a doctor. Let me explain to you why. Being a doctor, you're thinking, one British guy now in Lev Aaron told me, I don't want to be a doctor because I want to make money. In England, you don't make money if you're a doctor. It's true. Canada, England, you don't make money. In America, you can still make something. I want to help people. didn't want to get into it with him because it was the end of the time and I had to rush here. But being a doctor, is it more a mitzvah or a sin? What is it? What do you think? 
saving people's life, redeem, re, re, releasing people from pain, uh, you know, doing all kinds of things that helps patients. Is this a mitzvah or a sin? Mitzvah? Everyone agree? Who doesn't agree? Tell me why not. Very good. See, one guy is thinking deep. Helping, saving someone's life could be a huge mitzvah. If you save Chacham Ovadia or Rav Eliashiv, wow, you, you got very lucky. Just for that, it was worth it to be a doctor. What would happen if the head of the Hamas comes to Be'er Sheva Hospital to take care of him and you have to save his life, and after that he will kill 60 Jewish kids? Here goes your mitzvah to murder 60 kids. You became a partner in it. You gave this monster a life, you must take care of him. You cannot say, I don't take care of Arabs. I don't take care of radical Muslims who wants to blow us all up. I can't, I have to take care of him. A gay come in with his husband. You have to take care of him. A doctor, my husband is suffering. <laughs> you have to take care of him. One guy, pharmacist in Florida, calls me up. I try to reach you. Chaval, I didn't reach you. I didn't know what to do. What? I'm giving vaccines. Corona vaccines to people. A guy took off his arm, swastika, shaved Nazi, official Nazi. Official Nazi. I have to give him a, a shot now to save his life. Did I do wrong or right? I'm obligated to give all people. Is it, did I commit a sin? I told him yes. He had to put poison in his shot and give it to him. Not something to save his life. This is Amalek, mitzvah to erase his memory. So you see, being an observant Jew, you cannot be a doctor today. You have to take care of Hamas and gays and mechalelei Shabbat and atheists and people that fight yeshivot. That's 70-80% of the world. So if you work in New York, you have Pakistani and Indian idol worshiper and Hamas terrorist and a gay and a liberal lefty and Bernie Sanders. You got to take care of all these people and barely make money. All your life is sins. All your life is sins. Once in a while you have a Bachur Yeshiva that you help. Oh, you got mitzvah. But mitzvah, baba, avira, ena mitzvah. For the one time you do good, you do ten times bad. So forget about it. Being a lawyer, you're not allowed to be a lawyer. Again, it's against Hashem. Every second of your life is a sin. Why? You have to release pedophiles and murderers and drug dealers and drug addicts and all kinds of other people. You have to defend one person that sues his company because they don't give him benefits because he married his husband and he hires you and you have to defend him in a court justifying being gay when the Torah says it's death penalty and a karet. You have to defend the most despicable criminals on earth that Hashem wants to wipe them out and you run with your yarmulke and beard and defend them and put them back on the street that they can rape another Jewish girl. He cannot be a criminal lawyer. Impossible. How about family lawyer? I thought maybe that's kosher. You have a husband and wife, two chassidim. The wife went off the derech. It's a case that happened. She met a Puerto Rican guy and she want to run with him to his country. Taking her four children with her, turning them into goyim. You... You get a call, the wife, I want you to represent me. You cannot tell her, I'm a religious man, I take your husband's side. I don't want to represent you. You're Shabbat and you run with a goy. You must take the case. 
if one time they'll find out you don't take people because of your ideology, you can end up in jail and you lose your license. This Hasidish judge, she's a firm woman. She became a criminal judge. Every second of her life is a sin. There's not one minute of her life that she's not going to be punished for. Just entering that filthy courtroom, you're not allowed to put mezuzah in Bet Mishpat Chiloni. That's the halacha. You're not allowed to put mezuzah over there. Those rabbanim who go put mezuzah in such a place, Chacham Ovadia used to speak very strong against it. How do you put mezuzah in a prostitution home? How do you put the Bet Akfira? That's Bet Tfila. Avovadia say that if you enter a, 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 a secular court, you're suing someone, first of all, it's Moiser. You, are not, you cannot be counted as one of the minyan. You lose your shirt to the world to come. No one is allowed to marry your children. You're isolated for life. You're in Kherim, Olamit, in Nidui. It's no joke. Moiser. You know what Moser is? It's the worst thing you can do. So now, when you go into a place, you make those wicked judges feel important. You have to call him your honor, your honor, your honor. What your honor? That's worse than Haman. What your honor? Who is this judge? Some crazy that goes to all women that beat him up with a whip, with a chain. Those are the judges. All the filthiest people on earth. Who is this judge? He also has a husband. He also does the worst thing you can imagine. What do you think this Jewish judge, judge do on Yom Kippur? Play golf with his cigar. That's the secular court. How can you even enter such a place? So one guy asked me, so who's going to defend the Jews? They need a lawyer to defend them when they, when they do something wrong. There's plenty of good uh, goyim that knows how to be a lawyer. Take a goy, he will defend you. That wasn't your purpose to become a lawyer. No family. The only kosher business, the only kosher lawyer you can be is business lawyer. You open corporation, you know, regular clerk. That's it. Even that, not always. Because sometimes you have to go to secular court, and the secular court will make decisions against the Torah. According to the Torah, Shimon is not guilty. But according to the secular court, he's guilty and has to pay a million dollars. I'll give you one example. If you have to be a judge, and you have to judge a Jew that had inside information in a stock market. The FBI caught him, they put him in jail, they want to fine him for $10 million and four years in prison. You a Jewish judge. According to the laws of the United States, you have to take him away from his children for four or five years, and you have to take everything he has, which according to the Torah, he never committed even one small sin, nothing. Someone told him, buy this stock, my father owned this company, and my father told me that this next month, their earning will become triple. So go buy it. So he took uh, $100,000, you bought those stocks. To a month later, it became 300000 Right away, the FBI comes to you. Why did you spend $100,000 in one shot on one stock? We checked your history. Every transaction you did was $2,000, $1,500, $3,000 the most. All of a sudden, $100,000 on a company a week before they tripled their value? Tell us who told you the story. Who told you the information? They put pressure on you. So you have to tell about another Jew, which is Moiser. And both will go to jail and take away everything you have, which according to the Torah, it could be a perfect tzaddik. And this Hasidic judge sending innocent people to prison all day and sending monster to the street all day. Like this Arab who stopped in the middle of Borough Park 
came out of his car, took Hasid on the, in the middle of the street, and was beating him up with such cruelty, another minute he would be dead. Another minute, that's it. He had one more minute to die. And she was the judge in that case, and she released him with $15,000 bail, saying it's not a hate crime. That's not a hate crime? <laughs> Why did she do it? To prove to the goyim, you see, even though I'm a religious Jew, I'm taking your side. Promote me to the Supreme Court when the time comes. You can count on me to bury my own people. The Constitution of the United States is more important to me than my Torah and my religion. So you can rely on me. I will never choose Hashem over your Constitution. That's really the message. Same thing over here. There's some judges with Yamaka in the court. They, they make all the possible sins that you can imagine. So being educated usually will make you much more damage than benefits. The most infidels and heretic people are the very educated people. They deny the world was made by a creator. They don't recognize Hashem. They are pro-gay marriage. They are pro-Hamas. They hate the state of Israel. And they hate the fact that they are Jews. They do everything they can to hide their identity. Even mezuzah they refuse to put in the door. I offered one of them once mezuzot for free. So I don't you put this? No, no, I don't want anything Jewish to be identified. It's a self-hated Jew like Bernie Sanders. The more educated you are, the more wicked you become. Because the education that you get today, it's all heresy. You go, you sit in the university, who are the teachers? All of them reshaim gmurim. All of them eat refot, they have horrible ashkafa, mechalelei shabbat. Terrible, Mary, intermarried. They are your teacher. Five years they put garbage into your brain. Destroyed your neshama. Baruch Hashem, you're going to make 60,000 a year. The sad news is that you would make more without it. You can make money buying stocks. I was in this uh, Shabbat in Herzliya Pituach in Shabbaton. That's where the very rich people live in Israel. The most expensive neighborhood. We had Shabbaton. We're sitting in Shabbat's meal Friday night. I have two young guys sitting next to me. One is almost uh, 40, one is about 26. One of them has a watch, look like cartoon, you know, like Mickey Mouse. I don't know, all kinds of drawing on it. The watch that you buy children when they're four years old for their birthday. A rubber band, nothing special, nothing gold. He asked me, Rabbi, how much you think this watch cost? I look at that one. <laughs> This watch that you buy in Chinatown for 20 bucks. My opinion, $50 maximum. But if you ask, I won't be surprised if you tell me now it's worth $50,000. So they both smile. Why they smile? They smile on the $50 or they smile on the $50,000? I wasn't sure. They both laugh. So why are you laughing? He said, I paid... You ready? Hold, hold tight to your chair. I paid $270,000 for this watch. I say, what? This watch? He said, don't you know who made this watch? I said, no. Did you hear about Richard Mill? <laughs> it's like he's talking about Ravel Yashiv or something. <laughs> Richard Mill! No, I said, what's so special about Richard Mill? Why does he have eyes from diamonds? What? No, Rabbi. 
you don't understand. It's not that many. Start giving me all the nonsense. Then the other guy say, well, mine is not so fancy. It's Patek Philippe. <laughs> I say, and how much is that? It's 130,000. Why am I telling you this story? These two guys never spend a second in college. You know how they make millions of dollars? Bitcoin. Bitcoin. They bought it for 1,000 and it became 63,000. That's it. They had, let's say, 10, 20,000 dollars. It became 60 times more. Now they decided to make their own, their own uh, currency, their own, uh, like Bitcoin, their own thing. Crypto, crypto. I said, what do you mean? I said, yeah, we're going to make X amount. We have a lot of uh, connection. We publish it. People will buy it. He has 15,000 people in Japan. Whatever he tells them, they do. Did they spend time in college? If they'll be in college 300 years, they wouldn't make this kind of money. I know people went in uh, America to give loans. 20 years old, 21 years old. They make 20, 30, 40,000 dollars a month. No college. Sometimes they send me texts, these guys. They don't even know how to write English. <laughs> With the spelling correction, every other word is mistake. Total ignorant in English. They make 30,000 a month. Why? Hashem wanted it. One guy sold uh, watches, jewelry, made himself a line on, online, boom, make money. One guy sell coffee machines. There's hundreds of ways to make money without burning seven, eight years of your life and hundreds of thousands of dollars. But the worst part is to destroy your neshama. Even if you make a billion dollars out of college, you would still hear the same speech from me. Why? Because there's any permission from the Torah to destroy your neshama for a billion dollars? The Torah says, if a person has any amount of money, any amount, and a guy wants to force him now to commit one isur de oraita, eat pork. Here, give them a piece of pork. Eat! Well, I don't want, I'm religious, I don't eat pork. Eat or I'll kill you. Unless you pay me, I'll let you go. Pay me, I'll leave you alone. Okay, okay, I'll pay you, how much you want? I want a million dollars for it. Pay me a million dollars, I'll let you go. You don't have to eat pork. Wow, a million dollars, that's all I have. That's it. One more word, I'm going to double the amount. No, come on. Two million. Two million or you're going to eat the pork. Come on, what's going on here? Four million. This guy didn't get the point. Became four million dollars. According to the Torah, does he have to give, that's all he has, really. Saved it for 20 years. Work, 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 four million dollars he has. He has to eat pork now, or he can redeem that sin by giving him four million dollars. What's the halacha? He has to give him all the money. If it was mitzvah say up to 20% of what you worth. 20%. More than that, you don't have to give. If he said to you, I took away your feeling and he put you in, uh, in jail temporarily a day or two, you're in arrest, and the policeman say to you, you want this? I want $100,000 for it. If you only have $200,000 to your name, you don't have to give him 100000 to get the tefillin. You bitalta mitzvah say. Why? The Torah say 20%. That's it. So if you have a million dollars, you have to give that cap $200,000 to get you the tefillin from your car. Not to be mevatel mitzvah taseh. Look at the value of one mitzvah. 
But not to commit a sin, you have to give everything you have. In case you didn't know, you're going to sit four, five, six years in college, you're going to make over a billion sins over there. Guarantee. Now one, over a billion. You want to know how? Should I name to you all the sins? Okay, first of all, you sit with all the leitzanim, moshav leitzim. And I'm allowed to sit in moshav leitzim. So right there, it's six, seven hours a day. Every second, sin. Moshav leitzim. Second, you hear heresy all day. The way they talk, what they like, what they hate. They talk about two guys who got married, men and men. They talk about this, they talk about that, they pro-abortion. You have to hear all this kfira all day. Sec- third, it's bitul Torah every second. What do you gain over there? I teach you about this and that. Who needs all this? It's nothing to do with what you want to be in life. Third, you're burning your parents' money. Fourth, fourth, there are girls over there. None of them get dressed. So all day you sit in Sdom Amora. The Gemara says you have two ways in front of you, short and long. Short with some women sitting outside. You know how women used to sit outside with a chair in the neighborhood in the old days? Now they're in a mall or in Amazon. In the old days, they had the therapy. They sit in the neighborhood and everybody comes and they talk with the children. So now you want to pass by that street. The other option, you have to go all around the block, which is three times more to walk. Hot, cold, windy, whatever the case is. I'm strong. I'm not going to look to the women. Now remember, the women of 2,000 years ago, it's, you saw Rabbanit Kanievsky, how she dressed? Even greater than that. Everybody was super, super modest. Women were covered with a tent. There's nothing to see besides a piece of material. Believe me, even if you try to see, you wouldn't see anything. You would only know there's a woman there with her cover, and she's covered with a tent. What they call burka today. Shawl. Whatever you call it. There's nothing to see. The women didn't dress like now. Tight clothes and short. It was a different world. In case you were wondering, I put a picture once of women on the beach of South Carolina, Goyot, all non-Jewish, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, the year was 1900. They all dressed like wedding gowns, covered, everything covered, and a hat covered the hair, Goyot, and a net covered the face, and an umbrella that maybe a man will pass by, she's going to go like this. If she wants to swim the Goya, there were like cabins inside the water. You open the door, it's made from wood, like a room. You go inside, there is no floor. You, your legs is in the water. You take the gown, you hang it, you swim inside, there are four walls around you, mechitzot. You get dry, you get dressed, and you come out. No Goya would dare, 120 years ago, to show an inch of her body in public. Here in America. I mean, there in America. So you understand how the world collapsed since then until now? So we're talking in a time of the Gemara when there was nothing to see. The Gemara is divrei Elohim Chaim. We're not talking about some opinions of someone who came from university to express his feelings. This is all Torah. Torah. Chachamim only spoke divrei Torah. And the Chachamim say, you went in a short way and you didn't look at the women. Because you're in a rush, let's say. What's your status? Today, if you follow a guy like this, 
and he takes off his black hat and he goes like this, quickly runs through the street looking to the other side. Baruch Hashem did not even turn his face to see the women. Right away you would run after him. Hey, hey, Chacham, come here, come here, Chacham. Why Chacham? Do you know me? I'm not a Chacham. You, 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 for me, you're the Baba Sali. Come, come, give me Baracha. Why? You don't know me. Why Baracha? I'm not a Rabbi. No, no, you're better than a Rabbi for me. You're such a tzaddik. Look how you watch your eyes. Give me Baracha. I need to get married. No, no. I'm sure Hashem is going to give me the best wife thanks to you. Give me Baracha. Okay, okay. Misha Berach. Okay, now don't, don't go selfie. I want to tell my friends that I met you. Take a picture and he goes and tells friend, you don't know what a tzaddik I meant. What is Holy man. The Gemara says Rasha. 100% wicked. Do you understand? Torah ideology is totally different than what you hear today. Totally. The Gemara says Rasha. Why Rasha? He did not commit any sin technically. Didn't look, nothing. Rasha for putting himself in a place that he could have lost his Olam Abba. What happened if the Yetzirah would jump at him? And he would look around and see some married women, look at them. Oh, what the eyes she has. That's it. Shimshon, the Gemara say, looked at Lila the Goya. Fell in love with her. He told his parents, I don't understand. How, I never understood this. How can it be? He's a Navi from birth. Kadosh mi beten. Hashem sent an angel to his mother, Tzlalfonit, to tell her, you're going to have a baby. And you have to be Nezira. And yeah, you don't eat grace. And don't eat, why? It's going to be holy from birth. And he grows up, and what does he do? Fall in love with the Goya, Philistine. The Gemara says everybody does something wrong. Hashem pays them with the same coin. Mida can neged Mida. The eyes that looked at the beauty of this Goya, the Philistine burned the knife and poked his eyes. You know what it is? It's not just to become blind. Took the eyes out of their place. Made two big holes in it. I'm surprised he stayed alive. If you poke someone's eye, usually he dies. That's what happened to him. The eyes who looked at a place they're not supposed to look, that's what happened to them. Everything in life is midah keneged midah. Why Hashem had to take Bnei Israel from the Red Sea? It's much easier to go straight to Israel from Egypt. You walk two, three days and you're in Israel. What do you need to go to? all the way to the side to the Red Sea? Why? Why making it complicated? Why you need to take me to the ocean and open the ocean for me? Let me go straight to Israel, across the border, and finish. People can walk today from Egypt to Israel. It will take them two, three days' walk. That's it. The answer is, I must kill the Egyptians in water. That's the problem. I have no other way. I made rules, mathematical rules in nature. Whatever you have to get must be midah keneged midah. For good and for bad. So, now, after you heard all this, you are already by the well. Grab. Grab as much as you can. Take advantage. Wake up on time. Shachrit on time. Seder Rishon on time. Don't talk about anything besides Torah. Do not leave away your phones. Enough with this. Don't go into the phone because it's like pulling water and mud at the same time. What you build, that comes in ruins. Try to get rid of it, at least for a few months, until one day you go back to America. Try to clean this kind of lifestyle, or at least put serious filters on it. That you don't have any access to anything. Don't read secular news. 
English, Hebrew, do not read it. It's a call kfira. And the people that report this news are the most wicked people on earth. Do not come in contact with this kind of people. You're going to see a big difference in your progress. You have to know, don't go to Ben Yehuda, don't go to sit beer and drink beer somewhere. Don't sit in places when the Chilonim walks, especially now summertime. Devote yourself for Hashem. I want something big to come out of me. If you'll do it, that's what's going to happen. You can be responsible to design your future to be the best and get the best out of your life. Rav Yudha Tzadka Zatzal was Rosh Yeshivat Porat Yosef. He was learning over 30 years with some Hevruta, and after he passed, they asked this Hevruta to come say a eulogy for him in his funeral. So who knows him better than you? 30 years you learn with him for hours every day. The guy said, I cannot say eulogy for a viuda. Why? I don't know him at all. I don't know anything about him. I don't know his wife, I don't know her name, I don't know his children, I don't know anything about his private life. Because from the day that we decided to learn together, he warned me. He said, you want to learn with me? In one condition. We were young in yeshiva. In one condition. What's the condition? Never, ever, you talk to me a word about something that it's not the Gemara. A word. Not about the weather, not about what your, a personal problem you had, not about your brother's wedding, nothing. Don't want to hear anything. Not the news who became prime minister, nothing whatsoever. You sit, you open the Gemara, that's it. Now we are with Hashem. When Hashem is in a room and you stand in front of Him, you're not going to check your text messages, right? If you stood in front of Sleepy Joe in a meeting, would you check your messages? Your WhatsApp go, doot, wait, Sleepy. What? I, I may have an urgent message. You'll be embarrassed, no? So what, it's better than Hashem? The Gemara is open and you talk about nonsense? It's a big insult to Hashem. My Torah is open. My, my holy, precious gift to Am Israel is open and you're wasting your time on this. So the guy said, I don't know one word to say about him. I can only say that was the, the best learner you can find. But that's it. Nothing else. Third years, he doesn't know him. Nothing. How can it be such thing? This was only 20, 30 years ago. Why? You can achieve. Then you become somebody big. Remember, to, to boil water, there are two ways to do it. You put the water and the water goes for five minutes and they boil and they're ready to go. What happens if you put them for a minute and you take it off? Put it in a minute, take it off. Put it in a minute, take it off. Minute, off, on, off, on. Ten years. Will the water ever boil? All the germs are still in the water after 10 years. But the amount of time that the water wore on fire was much more than the five minutes. But you never did it right. Meaning one leg in yeshiva and one leg in the WhatsApp, one leg in yeshiva, one leg in the news, one leg in yeshiva, one leg in the NBA, one leg in yeshiva, one leg in uh, your friends from the past, it ruins the balance. When you clean something, you got to clean it good. When you want to clean your ideology, you want to clean your head, you want to make yourself holier, we just learned in the parasha, Hashem said to the Jewish nation, Kedoshim tiyu ki kadoshani. Who did he refer to? To the Baba Sali? To Rav Ovadia? To Rav Bakshi? To who? To every simple Jew. 
male, female, young, old, חכם, טיפש, all of them. You must be holy. I'm holy. Go to the Baba Sali, he's holy. What do you want from me? I'm a taxi driver. How can I be holy? But the Torah says every Jew must be holy. That's the requirement. That means Hashem never come to a person and demand from him something that he cannot be. That means every one of us can be holy. What does it mean to be holy? To make faces when you dive in? Beloni, it's all show off. How you become holy? You grow your beard all the way to the floor? The Indians that bow down to the cow also have beard all the way to the floor. And they're nothing but holy. They're not holy. They're all idol worshippers. What makes a person holy? Is that? What makes him holy? His black suit? His white shirt? This is all very good things, which are mandatory to grow in Torah. Because the way you change yourself from the outside, it affects the inside, guarantee. Aval, that's not making you holy. Making a person holy is isolate him from the world, from the goyim, from the chilonim, from their cultures, from their nonsense, from what they talk about, from the heresy, from the non-modest people on the street, from the public school, from wicked people. That's what makes you holy. Muvdalim minamim. In the aftara of last week, parasha, parasha, parashat kedoshim, the aftara, the navi echeskel, speak over there about the Jewish nation who comes to Hashem to ask for Mechila and Hashem is very angry 900 years I waited for you do you think I will forgive you? I will not forgive you what does it have to do with Parashat Kedoshim? usually the Aftarah relates to the Parashah there's something in mutual they chose parts from the Tanakh from the Nach that will remind them what Parashah should have been this week when the Goim did not let us read in the Torah So they chose from the Nevi'im because the Nevi'im, they allowed. So the question is, what's the connection between the Navi Echezkel over here to the Parashat Kedoshim? Parashat Kedoshim has more than 50 mitzvot. Most of them Ben Adam Lechavero. Shemitah, all kinds of things over there. Nida. Four times the Navi speaks in one page about Shabbat. Shabbat. He did not observe Shabbat correctly. He should observe Shabbat, Shabbat, Shabbat. Four times Shabbat. Check. Four times in one page. Repeats it again and again and again. In the parasha, the word Shabbat is mentioned in one sentence. That's it. There's other places in the Torah that the Torah speaks a lot about Shabbat. This is a half a page. Over here, a few words. That's it. Three, four words. What's the connection between Shabbat to the parashat Kedoshim? I'll tell you. If you were secular, you're 18 years old, you decided to become Baal Tshuva. But you're embarrassed what your friends will say. So you put the yarmulke in your pocket, you check before you make bracha. You know these people, they start slowly to progress. If your roommate found out that from now on you don't eat taref anymore, you only buy kosher food, he comes to you and he says, Hey, Itzik, you're becoming religious? No, no. Oh, where did you see I became religious? No, I see that you buy now kosher meat. You used to buy all kinds of cheap meat. You're paying now a lot of money. You buy this, you buy that. What is this? Yeah, yeah, I decided to eat kosher. So you're religious. No, I'm secular. Tov, okay. Baruch Hashem. Next day, he sees you putting tefillin. Sit in your bed, 
שמע ישראל, you lie to me, you say you're not religious, I just caught you putting תפילין, big deal, you know how many secular people put תפילין, מה? עושה איפור תפילין, אבל אני לא רליג'ס. אוקיי, אוקיי. פיין, פיין. One time he saw you making ברכה when you eat. וואו, you're making ברכות, you know you're רליג'ס. ביג דיל, I make ברכות. I'm not רליג'ס. No matter what מצווה I will find you doing, you can get out of it. No, no, don't worry, I'm not רליג'ס, except one. One מצווה, once you start keeping it, you cannot tell the world I'm not רליג'ס. Shabbat. Once you become Shomer Shabbat, you can deny it as much as you want that you're Baal Tshuva. Your friends would say, oh, he became crazy, he's religious. Leave him alone, don't call him. No, no, why? He's, he's religious. We are not religious. We, are, we don't want him in a gang. If you put filin, they'll forgive you. If you eat kosher, they'll forgive you. Whatever you do, they'll forgive you. One thing, they'll never forgive you. You become Shomer Shabbat, you change your status. And that's the halacha. In Shulchan Aruch. If you be a mass murderer, you're still a Jew. If you be a made off, made off, you stole 64 billion dollars, you're still a Jew. No matter what you will do, you will remain a Jew, except one. Once you become a Halel Shabbat or an idol worshiper, the Rambam writes in Salachan Shulchan Aruch, once that's the case, you officially count like a goy. It's written seven times in Shulchan Aruch, מחלל שבת הרי הוא כגוי לכל דבר. Touch the wine, you cannot drink from it. He dies, you cannot bury him in a Jewish cemetery. You have to make a fence and bury him with the מחללי שבת. If by mistake you bury him among the שומרי שבת, you have to open the grave and move him out. אין קוברים רשע אצל צדיק. So if you have a murderer that was שומר שבת, you bury him with, with the Shomrei Shabbat in a section. But if you have the nicest Chiloni in the world, but Mechalel Shabbat, you have to bury him outside. Why? Because Mechalel Shabbat removed the oath with Borei Olam, the handshake. Hashem was shaking your hand, you threw his hand, I don't want you anymore. That's called Shabbat. That's why Shabbat had to be given separately, before the Torah. To show you that Shabbat by itself, it's a whole Torah. Without it, you, know, you couldn't get the Torah. First thing, Ravi Sachar Meir, the Rosh Yeshiva of Yeshivat Negev, he came once to Queens in the middle of my lecture, he walked in. He knew the rabbi of the shul. First thing he told me, in the middle of my speech, he sat next to me, I said, Shalom Aleichem, Baruch Haba, Kvod Arav. So he came to my ear in Hebrew, say, Tamid Tedaber Al Shabbat. כל הדרשות שלך תדבר על שבת. ברוך השם, that's what I was doing anyway. But now I got, ברוך השם, a stamp. Every lecture you must talk about שבת. Because they do everything without שבת, it's not good. They keep שבת, they will already become religious. שבת, once a person becomes שומר שבת, you will know he will do everything else, it's just a matter of time. Once he did not become Shomer Shabbat, but he will do everything else, there's no guarantee he will become Shomer Shabbat. Shabbat would lead him into religion. Other things will not lead him into Shabbat. That shows you that once you're Shomer Shabbat, it changed everything. Why? Shabbat separates you from the Goyim. Everybody knows, that's it. I'm not Chiloni, I'm not Goy. I'm buried in a different place. I'm going to a different Olam Abba. 
You know, every hour you're sitting here, it's 60,000 mitzvot. If you don't show up to Seder Sheni, you make up excuses, I don't feel good, I'm tired, I have things to do, this, that. You're fooling nobody but yourself. One day when you come to Shamaim, Hashem will show you that you were here and you had the potential to learn at least 10 hours a day and make 600,000 mitzvot a day and half of the time you burn. And Hashem will show you how many billions of mitzvot you lost because of it. And you will never ever forgive yourself for eternity. Because in Olam Abba there's no end. There's no time limit. For eternity, no matter in what place you'll be in heaven, assuming you'll be in heaven, you will never forgive yourself for the loss of the time. The Gemara says that tzaddikim, they get burned from the chupa of their friends. If your friend is one level above you and he wears his special clothes, kilt, the bottom of him touch your head and it burns you. One more day of effort, I could have been there. Because there, over there it's Olam Haemet. Everything is very clear. There's no Yetzirara to confuse you. Everything is very clear. So once you're there, you will know 100% why you're here and not here. Or God forbid why you ended up in a horrible place and not in a very wonderful place. But one thing you should know. Hashem said, in Olam Abba, Yoshvim Tzadikim, the righteous people sit with special crowns to their head. Ve'atrotehem l'rashehem. And they enjoy the greatness of God. For how long? For eternity. For trillions of years. Such pleasure. Some fool who wants to be a drug addict. For the one hour that he used drugs, or one minute, I don't know how it goes, but once he goes and becomes high, and supposedly have some pleasure, how long? 20 minutes, half an hour, spent fortune on it, destroyed his life, destroyed his marriage, destroyed his health, contributed so many sacrifices to have half an hour a day pleasure. Crazy. And sins with women and all other pleasures that the world has to offer. Over there, it's much, much higher than physical pleasure. And it's the highest level when Hashem say great, you know it's great. There's nothing can be better than that. And it's for eternity. Eternity means it will never stop. And you will never get tired of that pleasure. Every physical pleasure, you get tired of it. You eat steak, tomorrow you eat steak, tomorrow you eat steak. Every day you enjoy less. Until a month later you beg, no more steak. Please, please, no more. I don't want. Bring me pizza. I don't want steak. No, no, you say you love steak. You're going to eat steak for the rest of your life. The more you do it, the more you suffer. Every physical pleasure, the more you do it, you, you, you lose the pleasure. Spiritual, it will never go down even by a bit. It will remain forever. But how much and where you're going to get it, it's right now. You right now, today, before I came, after I, I leave, you are now going to design your own world. When a Jew died, there's no such thing met in Judaism by Jews. Is halach leolamo. All the signs they put in the neighborhood. Ploni almoni. Halach leolamo. They say went to his world. What do you mean went to his world? Went to Olam Abba. Or left the world. What does it mean? Halach leolamo. He went to his own world. Because everybody here designed his own world. 
And nothing will make your next world better than Torah. Nothing. And that's why the Satan will do everything he can to make you not learn. While you're already here. Why? It will distract your mind with this. There's a game. Come, let's watch the game. Come, let's do this. Come, let's play basketball. But in the end, after being X amount of years, if you really measure it, you see that in the end you did not even stay here a few months. Because if you take away all the time you wasted here and there and there, in the end it was maybe two, three months. You eat your heart one day. Wow, I was there three, four years. And most of the time went to the garbage. And this time will never remain, re re return. It will never come back. Before you get married, when you get married, you have a lot of uh, things to take care of. You have to take care of a woman, you have to become her psychologist, you have to support her, you have to bring money, you have to raise children. It takes half of your day just like that, which you don't have it right now. These days will never return. Don't be lazy. Make sure you wake up every day. Start the day in the right way. And dive into Hashem with tears. Help me out. I want to be a big tzaddik and gadol batorah. Don't say, oh, I'm nothing. I'm not capable of learning. I, I, I don't understand anything. I don't have the head to be a gemara, a sharp learner, beloni. I had with my, in my yeshiva a guy in Hebrew, you know what it's called? Satum legamre. You know what it means, satum? You close a bottle with a, with, a, with a lid completely so hard that nobody can open it. Nothing goes in and out. That's how his head was. Three years he was in yeshiva, he did not make any progress. Still cannot understand one page of Gemara. But, there was one thing about this guy. He never came a minute late to the Sdarim. Never, or to the Tefillah. The Rosh Yeshiva say, there were few clocks in yeshiva. You know how the clocks, one, one goes a minute faster, one two minutes behind. So the people, they always like for excuses. No, I told you you have to start to learn at 9. Why you came 9.03? Over here it's 9.02, Rabbi. I follow this clock. Beloni. So the rabbi say one time I remember, I don't care about the clocks. Once he opened the Gemara, the Seder officially started. That's the new rule here. Don't care, don't tell me this clock, that clock, change the clocks. I don't care about clock. remove the clocks. When you saw he opened his Gemara, you must be already sitting with the Gemara open. That's how serious he was. But three years not to progress and not to give up. All of a sudden, by a huge miracle, his head opened up. In one minute, boom, became so sharp, couldn't believe it. Every guy who came to yeshiva passed him after a month. The new guys did not want to learn with him chevruta. You know how insulting it is? You're three years in yeshiva and this guy came who still have ponytail and he doesn't want to be chevruta with you when you have already a black hat and, and dress like a chassid. And this guy with his ponytail and jeans said, no, no, I don't want with him. He's going to hold me back. Very insulting. But once it opened, he came so sharp, this guy. Hold it for him. Went to the highest level in yeshiva. Why? What do you think? You're going to be serious and try and daven and, and cry to Hashem and He will ignore you? Who wants more than Hashem to make you Baalei Tshuva, Bnei Torah, Tzadikim? There's nothing Hashem wants more than that. But this, the, He made the world with the justice. The Satan 
is fighting back. You have to eliminate the Satan. The way to eliminate the Satan is to sacrifice. To be serious, to be devoted. Not to be one leg in yeshiva, one leg in a stupid world and the world of sins. Few good months, you won't recognize yourself. You're going to go up thousands of percents in your level. Then you will remember what I told you now. Things that you look at right now and enjoy from, in six months from now you would vomit when you see it. Can't look at it. What do you mean? Six months ago was the, the, your favorite thing to go there. Can't look at it. Because your neshama purified. You won't be able to even be there. You won't be able to sit with certain people you're sitting today. You won't be able to watch certain things you watch today. Your neshama will be in a whole different cleaning cycle. Completely. And then you would look at the world with different eyes, like the Chazonish say. If a person has released himself from material hunger, for hunger for material, and will have an hour clear from physical desire, that's when he will be able to see the world with clear eyes. That's his words. As long as you connect it to material, it's like a drug addict. Drug addict is not a bad person, but he will beat up his own mother. Everybody else that will beat up his own mother is a monster. But a drug addict is not aware of what he's doing. When he will come back to reality, tell him you almost killed your mother for the drug, because she didn't want to give you money to buy your heroin. So what happened? He doesn't control himself. He doesn't want to beat up his mother. Later he would sit in a room and cry when he found out what he did. But he's a sick person. Same thing, it's all of us. Once we are addicted to this fancy schmancy lifestyle, especially those who grew up in a community in Brooklyn with all the show-off and the cars and the mansions over there and the chadames, very difficult to lower your standards and to become a simple Eved Hashem. But it's mandatory. It's very hard to be connected to Kedusha and Hashem if you are hungry for pleasure all the time. Like they say in America, I want to have fun. When you ask American kids, come, let's learn. No, no, I'm going with my friends. Where are you going? To play basketball. Why? All day basketball. Two hours ago, the pool, basketball, football. Let's learn a little bit. Do something. You came to the world to play? Abba, I want to have fun. What does it mean I want to have fun? Like a drug addict. He also wants to have fun. There's different drugs. Not everything has to be heroin or cocaine. There's everybody with his drugs. This guy this, this guy glad, this guy wants sport, this one, you know, clothing. Some people addicted to clothing all day. Women shopping, this, high heels, that. Every two weeks she changes her clothes, give everything to someone and buy new clothes because she's bored. She needs something to give her happiness in life. The Torah brag that 40 years Bnei Israel did not have to change their clothes. They wore the same clothes 40 years. Hashem said, your clothes grew with you and I cleaned it for you. You did not have to change your simla. Simlatcha lo balta. Meaning, to run and keep changing the clothes is a burden. But when you live in a world of lie, it's the clothes, it's the shoes, it's the watch, it's your blorit. Is everything else. You, gotta, you have to work on your ashkafa. It's very important. 
If you want to ask me how to do it, I'll give you a great advice. Buy all the books of Rav Victor Miller Zatzal. All of them. And read them on your free time, between the Sdarim, between Benazmani, whatever. Go take one. It doesn't matter which one you start. All of them are treasure. Just read them carefully with focusing. After a few months that you read all the books, you will be in the highest level of Judaism. Meaning it's a cyclopedia for life. There's now one subject in life he did not discuss and directed the people exactly like Hashem expect him to do. Everything he spoke about, life, modesty, family, children, wedding, marriage, show off, midot, Israeli, Zionist, whatever you want. Every subject with no fear and no politics and no kissing up and flattering any wicked people. Say it as it is. You read his books, believe me, you will not recognize yourself in a year from now. Nobody will have to come give you speeches like this. It would look like a joke to you. I'm giving you my word. You read his books, and if I will come here next year and give you a similar speech, it will be bitul Torah for you. There will be not one thing that you don't, don't know already and live according to it. Why? Because there was a perfect Chacham that had a very straight thinking and never went an inch left or right from the truth. Not for money, not for personal gain, not for what people would say, nothing. Never move from the truth. It's incredible. Sometimes Chachamim are afraid, I will say that, I will not say, they stop donating, what's going to happen, my yeshiva will collapse. There's a lot of calculation. Rav Avigdor Miller had a little shul in Brooklyn. It's the biggest Chacham in America, and had a small shul. People that do not know 1% of what he knew had massive shuls, with lots more, a lot more people. So he once made a joke, he said, the rabbis of Brooklyn loves me very much. Why? Every week when I give my weekly Musar speech, half of my congregation leave, go to them, because they can't handle the truth. They are used to kiss up. You're great, Hashem loves you, don't worry. I'll tell you what your Yetzirah tells you, and we'll finish right here. Your Yetzirah, when you don't wake up to Shachrit, the Yetzirah says to you, so what? At least you daven. So what? You woke up three times this week. So three times you won't wake up. Nobody say you have to be perfect. So, hey, come on. A few months ago you were in Brooklyn, you didn't even daven. Now at least you daven. So you're making a progress. The Satan is a genius. How do you think he's going to fool you? Don't settle for that. Same thing in the learning. If you want to be somebody... You must put the efforts. Now it's critical time. And also your shiduchim will be determined of who you're going to become in a year or two. Do you know some people would pay everything they have to get a good wife? Nice, decent, modest, kosher, smart, devoted. That will be a great wife and a great mother and a lover of Hashem. That will read Tehilim and, and love to listen to lectures. And she's going to be the heart of the family. How do you think to get such a girl if you're going to behave like a clown? If you will dress like a clown? If you will learn like a clown? If you will daven like a clown? How exactly you expect Hashem to give you a serious, holy, nice, beautiful, righteous girl? 
with devotion to Torah, with always be modest. Now one man will be able to have a conversation with her ever because she keeps herself clean. Or you're going to get a spoiled girl, very modern, very natsanua, horrible ideology, total zero emuna. That if the little Torah you learn, she'll pull you out of it. The decision what kind of girl you will get is right now, today, tomorrow, next week. It's no cliche here. This is what's written in Gemara Masechet Sota, page 2, Amud Bet. Mezavgim lo la'adam zivug lefi ma'asav. Hashem will give you what you deserve. And maybe right now you don't deserve to get the best girl, but maybe here from now you will be, after you will take yourself serious, and you cut away your nonsense ideas about going to the evil, wicked colleges of America, liberal, lefties, enemies of God. You clean it from your head. You say, Hashem, if you want to feed me, you have millions of kosher ways. I don't have to do billion sins to make a living. I want to give my life for the Torah. Help me out. Cry to Hashem. He'll be shocked. Shocked from how many miracles will happen to you. Because remember the concept. It cannot be that Hashem is ungrateful. Because He hates ungrateful more than anything. If Hashem says, I cannot stand ungrateful people, Ammon and Moab can never convert. They did not give you water and bread and they did not appreciate that Abraham saved Lot, which is their grandfather. They can never convert. Never. They'll die goyim, idol worshippers. I don't want them in my nation. Egyptian murderers, they can convert one day. Ungrateful people cannot convert. I don't want to see their face. And what do you think? That Hashem is worse than them? That you're going to give your life and learn Torah and give up the nonsense and devoted and daven on time and focus in learning and improve your appearance. And in the end, Hashem is going to stick a knife in your back and throw you in the street somewhere with no food, no wife, no children, no parnasah. That's what you think about Hashem? If that's what you think about Hashem, get up and go now. Nothing to do with religion. You live in illusion. You think that Hashem is worse than Ammon and Moab? You're going to do everything He asks you. You will fight your Yetzirah. You will sacrifice so many nonsense that right now are in your life. You're going to give up your smartphone. You're going to give up the girls and connection. And I don't know what the things you used to do. And in return, Hashem is going to bury you? That's what you think about it? Nobody ever lost from one mitzvah I did, or one contribution to Hashem, one tiny sacrifice, needless to say something big, nobody ever lost from listening to Hashem. No one. For the time being, maybe six months, a year or two, it may look like you're losing. It has to be a test. The Torah says, I'm testing you. Will, be you. will you be faithful to me and keep my mitzvot? With the difficulties or not? Why? That I should reward you in your end. It's, it's a clear verse in the Torah. Go check Parashat Ekev. Check in English art school. I'm torturing you. I'm strict with you. I'm giving you all this test. I'm checking what's in your heart to reward you in your end. You're not doing it for free. Calm down. Your bank account is growing. When a person makes millions in the stock market, he doesn't pull the money out. It stays in the account. But it feels great. A year ago I had $5,000, now I have a million. 
But a million is not in your pocket. You're poor. You have $20 in your pocket. Who cares, you fool, if I have the money in my pocket or it's in my bank account? Either way, it's my money. Same thing over here. Every day you learn, you didn't see yet your reward, but it's already in your file. It's already in your account. The time will come that you will see how much you earn. And it's a lot, but it's guaranteed because Hashem is not a liar. It's not a politician that promised before the election one thing and after that doesn't remember your name. With Hashem, nobody ever lost. Check the history. Bezrat Hashem, I hope that every one of you will do the right thing and, the, and make the right choices. And don't be panicked. And don't compare yourself to others. Focus on your mission. Hashem, my mission is that by the time I leave Yerushalayim one day, maybe I will never leave Yerushalayim, stay here forever, amen. But if I ever leave, I will leave a real mensch. I will be Baal Midot. I will be decent. I will be a hard-working person. I will wake up early. I will dress properly. I will behave properly. I will love Torah. I will give every open minute of my life for Torah. I will raise my children in the right yeshivot and the right ashkafa. I will choose the right woman. I will not sell my soul to money and to the devil. That's how I want to leave the yeshiva. If that's, if that's not how I'm going to leave the yeshiva, it's similar to a guy who came to the water and did not drink. He's dead now. Or sick. The idea is when you leave the yeshiva, you're perfectly healthy, mentally, spiritually. And the only way to do it is to take advantage on these years that will not return. They will not return. Remember, in a few years from now, that's it. You will not have the abilities that you have right now. In five or ten years from now. So please don't let it go. Don't let it go because I promise you, if you will, you will regret it later on. Baruch Hashem, I also want to compliment each one of you for leaving the nonsense for coming over here to sit and learn, and I know there's a lot of Yetzirah, infatuations all over. For that, your reward is endless. But again, don't ever convince yourself, I'm perfect. I have enough. I'm already better than what I was. That's the way of the losers. When it comes to money, nobody say, I have enough. So needless to say, when it comes to Torah and Mitzvot, there is never enough. You can always have 10 times more and 100 times more. It's 100% in your end. Thank you very much. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen. Rabbi Hanania.